Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. It's Fibber McGee and Molly. NBC and Tums present Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutto. Fibber and Molly will be with you in a minute. This is Don Wilson for Tums. Nothing quite robs vitality like a poor night's sleep. When you toss and turn all night, you just can't put your best foot forward the next day. So if you're one of many whose sleep is interrupted by acid indigestion or heartburn, keep a handy roll of Tums at bedside. Then, as soon as excess stomach acid starts churning, reach for Tums. No need to get up for glasses, water, or spoons. There's nothing to mix. You take Tums right where you are. Peel off a couple minty-tasting Tums and eat like candy. Instantly, Tums go to work to bring you wonderful relief. Then you drift back to sleep, wake up in the morning feeling refreshed, all set to put your best foot forward. Get Tums to keep at bedside. Only ten cents a roll, everywhere. Last midnight, Mr. and Mrs. McGee boarded a plane for Philadelphia, carrying the precious formula for McGee's Steel Seal, a cement for gluing steel plates together that's going to revolutionize the shipbuilding business. The plane is just an hour on its way right now, and Mr. McGee is nervous. Well, gee whiz, you'd be nervous too. You had a guy sitting across from you that he's probably a spy trying to steal a million-dollar formula that... Shh, hush, McGee, the man will hear you. Was I talking loud? Well, that was about your normal tone, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Halfway between a bullfrog sitting on a lily pad and a bull calf sitting in a cactus patch. Slip this briefcase down between us. I'm not taking any chances. Oh, I wish you'd forget the whole thing, McGee. I'm sure the man is perfectly harmless. My goodness, just because a man asked you for a light for his cigar... Twice. Once at the airport and once on the plane. Okay, twice. Just because he happens to be sitting across the aisle from us, that doesn't mean he's a foreign agent after your glue formula. Well, just look at him. That doesn't mean anything. There are probably dozens of people who look like Peter Lorre. Yeah, but they're not sitting opposite us on a plane 10,000 feet in the air and watching every move we make. Oh, for goodness sakes. He's got his back to us. He's looking out the window. Sure, and you know why he's looking out the window? Because he likes the view. The lights in the little towns down there are pretty. Ah, lights are pretty, my clavicle. That guy's facing the window so he can see our reflection in there and keep... The view down there, isn't it? Sir? McGee, it's the spy, or I mean the man across the aisle. He's talking to you. Hmm? I said it's a lovely view. Lights in the little towns. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, pretty, yeah. I've always liked this time of night. Everything's so quiet, so still. You see, dearie, he's probably just a night watchman, and he likes Just it. what kind of work do you do, bud? Bud! I guess he's too interested in the view. He didn't hear you. He heard me all right. He just clammed up when I hit him where it hurts, that's all. Right in the underground. Oh, you're getting all upset about nothing. Nothing? You call this steel cement of mine that I glued that Navy guy that came to the house to see its Jeep to the lamppost with it and he couldn't drive the Jeep loose that held so tight? Nothing? (laughs) 
No, I think your steel cement is wonderful, and I'm just as excited about showing it to the battleship people as you are. If we ever walk in there alive with it. If we ever walk in there dead with it, they're going to be mighty surprised. Really, McGee, that man looks perfectly innocent to me. So do them butlers in the movies, till that last scene where they try to poison Edna May Oliver, like they did in that picture, Arsenic for Two, until the last minute when they set a trap for the guy, you think, hey, that's it. That's what? You're not going to poison No, sir. I'm going to set a trap for our sneaky little friend, kiddo. Give me that briefcase. I'll put it right out here in the aisle, where all he has to do is pick it up. You don't think he'd try to steal it with us sitting right here? We'll pretend to be asleep. Make it look easy. When he reaches for it, I'll stomp on his hand and you grab him, see? I think the whole thing is just ridiculous. But if it'll put a stop to this nonsense, I second the motion. When do I start yawning? As soon as I put this briefcase down in the aisle. There. Oh, boy, I'm tired. How about you, Molly? Oh, yeah. These air journeys are tiring. Way past bedtime, too. I'm going to sleep. Yeah, me too. I'll just leave my briefcase in the aisle there. Uh, don't mind if I snore extra loud, Molly. I want to be sure the guy knows. I'll watch him through my eyelashes. Well, good night. Good night. McGee, wake up. Mm, uh, what are, what's the matter? We just landed at the Philadelphia airport. What? Some big plan. The minute you closed your eyes, you went fast asleep. I did? The briefcase, the briefcase. Where's the briefcase? I got it right here. Oh. Put that police whistle away. The man across the aisle picked it up and handed it to me on his way out and said, be sure not to forget it. Are you sure he didn't switch it on you? Positive. You made me so nervous with all that talk about foreign agents that I didn't sleep a wink. Mm. I stayed awake and watched him till the plane landed and he got up and fell over the briefcase. What time is it? 5 a.m. I'm so tired I could sleep on a picket fence. Ah, I'll grab your hat box and we'll get off this flying nightmare and get to the hotel. Where is everybody? I've been trying to wake you up for ten minutes. Everybody's off. Mm. Oh, am I tired. Well, you should have slept like I did, kiddo. What? That guy didn't have me worried. If he had, I couldn't have gone to sleep like I did. You worry too much, Molly. Just because a guy looks like Peter Laurie and he asks me for a light and he gets on the same plane as no sign he's a spy, and okay, I'll shut up what you need to sleep. There's more fun with the McGee shortly. How will the world be treating you ten years from now? Will you still be struggling to pay the bills, never having a cent for the little luxuries that mean so much? Or will you be enjoying the good things of life, security and the realization of your ambitions? You can provide the right answer by starting now to invest regularly in United States savings bonds through the payroll savings plan where you work. It's the safe, sure, systematic way to save. Your employer sets aside a certain sum from your wages every payday and buys bonds for you. You never miss it because it's deducted from your paycheck before you ever see it. That way you never have to worry about regular monthly savings. And those bonds bring you a good return. $75 invested today returns you $100 in less than 10 years. So start saving for your dream today by joining the payroll savings plan. Or if you're self-employed, join the bond-a-month plan where you bank. Either way, invest in your future security with United States Savings Bonds.
desk clerk said turn left at the head of the stairs. Oh, there it is, room 207. End of the hall. I don't know why you wouldn't let the bellboy carry our bags up for us. In fact, he could have carried me. I'm beat. Well, you know as well as I do that the less people we come in contact with till we turn this formula of mine and this sample pot of glue over to the Navy people, the better. Okay, here we are. You can set the bag down now. Gladly. <sighs> well, I would have carried it myself, but somebody has to keep both hands on this briefcase and take all the chances. My hero. Take the key off my pinky and unlock the door, will you? Hmm. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how you get your suit coat off without letting go of that briefcase. Well, hurry up and open the door, Molly. I don't like to stand out here too long. It's dangerous. That guy on the plane is... Believe me, the only danger you're in now is of getting hit right over the head with this suitcase. And there's not much chance of that because I can't lift it that high. Darn this key, it doesn't seem uh, to... Let me help you with that, Mrs. Oh. McGee. Uh, what? Oh, my gosh, I thought... I mean, where did you come from? <laughs> oh, come now, you didn't think you were going to lose me, did you? Yeah, just step inside after you, Mrs. McGee. Uh, yes, sir. No, 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 just a darn minute, bud. I, I, I'm not going to... I'm sure we don't want to stand out here in the hall and wake up the guests, do we? That's it. Uh, go right in. He's got us, kiddo, but watch your chance. If he turns his back for a minute, I'll chew up the secret formula and you eat the pot of glue. That way... If he turns his back, I'll slug him with my purse. You eat the pot of glue. It's your glue. Well, everything went just perfectly, my friends. We're very much interested in the contents of that briefcase. Well, I'm not giving it up without a fight, Buster. And since you were too dumb to pull your gun on us, stick him up. I got you covered with this finger I got in my pocket. Oh, dear. Uh, I mean a gun. Ah, oh, Dad, rat it. <laughs> uh, really, now it's a little early in the morning to play games, isn't it? I must say you're pretty calm about this whole thing. Uh, it's been a long time since that gun in the pocket gag fooled me, Mrs. McGee. <laughs> you learn in my business. Hmm. As a matter of fact, all he has in his coat pocket is a bus transfer, his junior G-man badge, and a note to the milkman. How do you know what's in my... Note to the milkman? McGee, didn't you put that note in the milk bottle before we left? Well, gee whiz, kiddo, I was so busy getting back... Oh, dear, we'll have eight quarts of milk when we get back. What are we going to do with eight quarts of milk? If you don't mind, uh, can we get back to business? I've been on this job for 24 hours, and I'd like to get it over with. I want to phone my chief and report a successful assignment. Bud... I don't know who you're working for in the great international race to see who gets my secret formula first, but I gotta admit you're a cool customer. As one brave man to another, I want to shake your hand. Huh? Oh, I... Put her there. Well, thank you. I... Oh, you look out! Trip him, Gary! Hold his arm! I got the rat. Hit him with the lamp! Hand me something heavy. Give me the base. Oh, no, 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 wait. Don't wait. Here, McGee. Yeah. I cooled him off. Good for you. Yeah, get on that phone and call the police while I go through this rat's pockets. See who's paying him to steal my glue for me. Goodness, I hope you didn't hurt him. Hello, operator. Get me the police. Hurry. Yes, I'll wait. Hey, look at this. A phony badge. His name is on it. Joseph Brock. Says, security guard, Hull Shipyard. That's where we're supposed to test your glue, isn't it? Yeah, Admiral Rose is in charge. Oh, look at this. Letter to this guy from the Admiral. Says, proceed to Wistful Vista and keep Mr. and Mrs. McGee under constant protection during trip to Philadelphia. Report to me when they arrive at... Oh, my gosh. Heavenly days. You mean he was on our side all the time? Yeah. Oh, murder. Quick, get him a glass of water. Get some spirits of aromia. Get a taxi cab. We better head for home. <laughs>
We'll say goodnight to Fibber and Molly in a moment. Hello there, this is James Stewart. I'd like to take a minute of your time, if I may, to remind you about our weekly program series, The Six Shooter. It's now on Thursday evenings over many of these same NBC stations. You know, The Six Shooter is a kind of a different type Western program. I think maybe you'd like it. As Brett Ponsett, I'm a sort of an easygoing cowpoke. Just a sort of a cowpoke. Oh, now, don't get me wrong. You'll hear gunplay now and then, and some action, too, on the six-shooter. Even a little fun sometime. And we like to think of our program as the kind that will please every one of you. And from your letters, well, they've been all very nice. So if you haven't already been listening, why don't you check your local paper for the time the six-shooter is heard in your part of the country? We sure would like to have you in our audience every week. Mr. Brock was very nice about it after the knot on his head went down a little. Gee whiz, I never would have smacked him if I'd have known who he was. Doggone, why don't people tell us these things? Somebody slipped up. He sure goofed. He said we were supposed to be notified that we were being protected all the way from home. He thought we knew that we were being tailed, as he called it, but I told him... Oh, hey. I'll bet that's what that Navy guy meant that called up Sunday night. Huh? What's that? That Commander Smith called Sunday and said, Don't be surprised if we put a tail on you for this trip. So I says, I don't look good in tails, but make it a tux. You know, I thought they were going to buy me a dresser. Gee whiz. Oh, fine. Good night. Good night, all. NBC and Tums, T-U-M-S, Tums for the Tummy, have brought you the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program transcribed with Lou Krugman as the stranger. This is John Wald inviting you to be with us again tomorrow night when Mr. and Mrs. McGee head for the Hull shipyard to test McGee's magic glue formula for building battleships. Next Hearing Time brings you highlights from the Senate Committee hearings on the NBC Radio Network.